I was clean, a patron. I was young and an actress. When you knelt by my mattress and asked for my hand. Back with the back of baseball show. I'm your host Blaine Keller, and I'm so excited to hopefully be back for a complete, full 55-game slate for Austin P. Baseball. Today's shortened episode highlights and gives you a chance to interpret what the schedule in the season is going to look like for the Batgovs. We're going to give you some players to watch as well and get some insights from Coach Jansen as to how the season will play out. With that being said, let's jump right into it. The season begins, kicks off, and starts first pitch at Dallas Baptist University in the DFW area. A three-game set against the Patriots, and what a way to start the year. Dallas Baptist has reached the NCAA regional round of the postseason each of the last six years. Obviously, they couldn't make it last year due to the cancellation of the season, but they've won an average of 44 games per year since 2014. While probable pitchers haven't been released as of yet as to who we might see on the bump to start the year, I would be willing to say that Hayden Josephson, Harley Gollard, and maybe even Peyton Jula or Kyle Nunn would be the weekend starters. Of course, that's not insider information or anything like that. That's more of what they rolled with last year. That's who they have available now. I would feel like it's more of what they saw out of the fall, and that might be different. That's just sort of my word and not theirs. Here's what head coach Travis Jansen had to say regarding the opportunity to face off against DBU. Well, we always try to um, play a challenging non-conference schedule. I think that's the best way to prepare a team uh, for getting into May and, and any possibility of postseason play. And so we always try to, to line up against as good of people as we can find. Um, so we're really excited about going to Dallas Baptist. We have a ton of respect for how they run their program and how um, just they do things the right way. You, you could take a poll uh, across the country and you're not going to hear very many bad words about Dallas Baptist. So we're very excited to go and and compete against them and, and just excited for that opportunity. So anytime you get a chance to play a really quality opponent, um, I think uh, it gives guys an opportunity to, to compete and uh, it gives a, a measuring stick early in the year. So there's a lot of pluses for going over there. After the three-game stint in the DFW area, the Batgavs move on to their home opener Tuesday, February 23rd, against Southern Illinois. That game being at Raymond Seahan Park, first pitch scheduled to be at 3 p.m. The two teams did face off last season in Clarksville and what was a shortened season obviously for both teams, with the Cubs coming away with a 4-1 victory. Peyton Jula was the starter in that game a year ago and shut out the Salukis in four innings of work. Following their one-game homestand, the Cubs are back on the road that following weekend to carry North Carolina, where they'll face off against Army West Point. The Black Knights finished last season with six wins and nine losses before their eventual cancellation. One player I would say to watch out for in that series will be junior pitcher Ben DeLabelle. A reliever for Army West Point last year, DeLabelle made five appearances last year, all of which being in relief, and locked 7.1 innings without an earned run. That tells you anything, I would think this guy would be in line to start uh, in his junior season. If you go scoreless as a reliever, you could get translated into one of those guys as an opener. Uh, he could he could present the governor's problems to start off the year. Nonetheless, another good opportunity, as Coach Jansen said, to, to have some competition against top talent. I think that the record might be a little bit deceiving. These guys played off against Duke. They played off against a lot of 
Power 5 competitions. So I think an opportunity to face off against a program like that, as Coach Jansen said, allows them the opportunity to compete. I think ultimately, when you look deeper into this schedule, a major change from uh, last year and years prior is the playing of conference doubleheaders rather than a full weekend slate. Ohio Valley Conference teams will play a late game on Friday before completing their meeting against any team with back-to-back games that following Saturday. Uh, this could be for a ton of different reasons, I would think, you know, to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Yes, that's definitely something that it could be. But also I think a factor of it is just the conglomeration of all the other sports that are together right now. You know, every sport that was supposed to be played in the fall is now vying for ticket sales and attention with other sports in the spring. You've got football, volleyball, women's soccer, just to list a few, not to mention the other spring sports that are already there. While Jansen said that this adjustment will make for some long days, of course, back-to-back games practically take up the entire morning and afternoon, the backouts will do whatever they can to play a full slate this spring. You know, just, you know, those doubleheader days can be long days, as we all know. And, and um, so a deep bench can be a very valuable thing to have on days like that. Um, you know, it, usually in the OVC schedule, truthfully, you end up playing three or four weekends of doubleheaders because of weather. So it's not going to be that big a change. But, um, you know, we just we just have to tackle it. Uh, the best we can, and 18-inning days can be long, but but uh, certainly that that might give opportunity um, to use the bench more and things like that. So um, we're just excited to be playing. If doubleheaders are part of the equation, no problem for the governors. Huge thanks to Coach Jansen and the Ohio Valley Conference for hosting the OVC preseason media day on February 12th. Glad to get a little bit of insight from the coaches around the conference as to what they think their teams are going to do for the upcoming year. When we come back, we'll give you six names that stand out for the upcoming baseball season at Austin P. You're listening to the Back Govs Baseball Show. Late for that, late for the love of my life. And when I die alone, when I die alone, die I'll be on time. the church discouraged any lust that burned within me yes my flesh it was my currency but i held true so welcome back to the back of baseball show as promised let me give you six players to watch out for as the season tips off a week from recording first and foremost xavier torres a sophomore infielder out of motlo state community college in puerto rico as a freshman at MSCC, Torres hit 380 from the plate. He's a six-foot shortstop, could potentially lock down the position for this upcoming season. One of two all-OVC preseason selections for the BatGovs, John McDonald was the opening day starter at first base last year, and deservedly so. The junior hit a solid 289 at the plate and produced a 995 fielding percentage on defense as a sophomore. Unfortunately, he was hurt in his first plate appearance of last year, not really able to prove himself in what head coach Travis Jansen called a breakout year that junior year could have been. However, now he's able to come back. He's able to return, and you should probably see him starting at first uh, opening day. I'd be remiss to not include the second half of Austin Peay's all-OVC preseason selections, as in Garrett Spain. 
The redshirt sophomore is two years removed from his OVC Freshman of the Year award, but still knocked in 17 hits in the Govs' 17 games played last year. He'll lock down the center field position and is primed for another All-OVC season. Number one on the field, the first player I interviewed for this podcast, and one of the top guys to watch out for this season with the Governors, would be Gino Avros. Avros initially walked onto the program out of Rossview and Clarksville, but has since well earned a scholarship with the Govs. The junior started every game of last season, putting up a slash line of 373, 457, and 830, as well as nine doubles. Those nine doubles ranked first in the conference and sixth nationally in college baseball. While his versatility behind the dish may not be as needed this season, he did start three games catcher last year. Avros has proven that he can play wherever he's needed to for years to come. Speaking of catchers, we have to talk about Jack Alexander. Coming in from Notre Dame, the transfer has lived up to the hype, according to most everyone you talk to. A solid fall campaign proved that his 583 average through the Fighting Irish's 12 games last year wasn't just a fluke. Look for Alexander to be the starter most days behind the plate at Raymond Seahan Park. Now, I have to include a pitcher, and I think it's interesting when you look at the first five listed here. Four are infielders and one's an outfielder. And if anything, I think that tells you a lot about how this how this team is built. A ton of infield depth, a ton of depth really at most positions. I think you'd hear that across the landscape of college baseball just because of the extra year of eligibility that every player earned uh, due to last year's cancellation. But these guys are deep. The governors are deep in the infield. They're fast. And I think that shows in these players to watch. But as a pitcher, I'm going with Luke Brown. Brown's recovery from Tommy John's surgery uh, just yesterday, the 11th, marked a year since he got the surgery, puts him on this list alone, lands him there, not to mention his ability on the mound. Now a year removed from Tommy John's surgery, as I mentioned, Brown has been able to throw at a higher velocity than before. Uh, he's, he's getting closer to where he wants to be, and that guy, I know every kid would probably say this right now, but he's itching to get back onto the field. His perseverance through, through the injury, through the surgery, gives him a mental advantage when fighting for and vying for a starting role with APSU this spring. Now, it may not be immediate. I'm not going to say that he's going to start open, opening day. It may take a minute, but this kid will be pitching solid innings come the end of the season. Now, I might be a little biased on my last selection just because Luke and I graduated from the same high school. We share an alma mater uh, for college and high school, so I think that um, you know you want to see somebody succeed that you graduated with. But with that being said, that's my list. That's the six guys that I think jump out the most in Austin P baseball right now that could provide the biggest impact when going into this first weekend series of the season. That just about puts a bow on things for the Austin P baseball season preview brought to you by the BackGovs Baseball Show. Remember, you can catch the fourth-ranked OVC Governors in action next weekend, February 19th through the 21st at Dallas Baptist, or catch the first home game of the season, February 23rd against Southern Illinois. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to stay tuned throughout the season for updates and interviews with players and coaches, and follow at BackGovs Baseball on Twitter for everything you need to know regarding Austin P. Baseball. Thanks for listening. This has been the Back Govs Baseball Show.